0: Episode 411, After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Greg is away today. So uh, I figured on this historical day in sports on February 22nd, I would bring two of my former teammates on to get some perspective of some Buffalo happenings that took place on this day from their eyes and uh, what it was like to be on the team when Terry Pagula bought the team and where did they think it was going to go? Because I always wondered that. What did the players think at the time? Something we never talk about because we always hear about the owner's uh, train of thought and the general manager's train of thought, but it's easier to say in hindsight with anything. But it'll be very curious to hear what Derek and Thomas have to say about when Terry Pagula bought the Sabres, what they thought was going to happen and where they thought it was going to go. Some great stories in today's episode. About the guys playing in the minors together, playing for Randy Cunnyworth and Doug Huda. We reflect on the brawl. Talk a little bit about what it was like to see the brawl happening from the bench perspective. Everyone always wants to talk about what they saw on the ice, but what were the players experiencing on the bench during that time? And Austin Matthews and what he's doing. Fifty one goals in fifty four games. So enjoy this episode. Craig is away, he's in Jamaica. We wish him well. Lay off the gone Riff.
1: Morning. What's
2: up, man? There he is. <laughs> What's going on? What's oh, up, Don? Where, where's Riv? Is he by traveling again? Guy's traveling everywhere.
0: He's in Jamaica.
1: Oh. They so don't have in internet deeper. connection down there or what? little time away <laughs> with the
0: wifey. I think he had to leave his microphone at home. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I figured I'd have you guys on together. It's, Perfect. it's uh... this should
1: be a better show,
2: anyways. Yeah, screw him. Rivs talks too much.
1: Does he? I, I feel like he just he he <laughs> does. He, are we recording? <laughs> he talks too much, and it's the same thing over and over again. In different words. Yeah. Love you, Rivs.
0: Oh, how's Jamaica? Riffs? Apparently, he's got somebody he was drinking with somebody from like uh I don't know where they were from, but he's someone else. Someone from some part of the world is now an after the whistle listener. So he's like pumping. He's like, get the show going, get the show going. I need something to listen to. While I'm down here on the beach.
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: you guys know what today is Thursday uh,
1: anniversary of miracle on ice
0: anniversary of miracle on ice. Keep going.
1: Oh, wow. Is this a test? I don't know. I just saw it on Twitter. Busy, so <laughs> I don't know what else he's got. Uh, were you
2: guys
0: were you guys both on the team when Terry Pagula oh. bought the team?
2: Oh I got I got some Lindy Ruff got fired.
0: No, no, wrong day. <laughs> was that yesterday? That was a or couple days, days ago.
2: ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, we we're I was on the team when Pagula bought it. Yeah. So
0: today's the day that I think Pagula officially bought the day uh, the, the team. And also what year was
1: that? Um, 2010,
0: 2011,
1: 2011. I think. Then. Wow, he's hockey that heaven. Long. That's what I remember from that.
0: Well, what was what was the what was the mindset of the team at the time when that was happening? Forget about like all these years later hindsight. Forget about that. Take yourself back to like the day that you found out that Tom Galasano was selling the team and Terry Pagula was taking over.
2: I well, I remember Tom walking in the uh locker room and giving him a speech. Remember that van?
1: I do, yeah. I don't know if he, it was at the right he gave a, four or what, but yeah, he, he gave a speech that he was
2: selling the team and he was he was sad and uh all the memories that, that uh that gave him throughout the years. And we were like, Well, we barely saw we barely saw you. <laughs> so it was like we saw him like three times in in, in, in six, seven years he had the team, but he definitely, uh, definitely bought the the organization, and saved it from uh, from getting sold somewhere else. So,
1: yeah, that was great. I, I remember that too. But you know what, Raysey, I didn't mind it that he wasn't around. I don't, I, you know, it's not like we needed him to be around. I think, you know, I think sometimes we would see him on the jumbotron, or they would show him, so you knew he was in the building. But as an owner, sometimes it's better just to stay away and let the people in charge do your thing. Yeah that's true
2: so
0: so was there was there uh an excitement that uh like amongst the group that Terry was like I'll tell you exactly if you guys want to know because I wasn't in the league so I just I remember I'm like oh this is it Darcy and Lindy are finally gone this guy's gonna buy the team he's gonna ask questions <laughs> and then he's gonna and then he's gonna like things are gonna change but regardless of that happening or not was there some kind of a change in attitude toward they're going in a different direction and like you guys maybe thought your time was done or was it man maybe we're going to have some extra cash to throw at some some players to bring in
1: uh i think it's more the second part i think it was for us players at the time what i can remember and roisy might have a better memory than me i think it was exciting with a guy coming in who Seems to really have the love and passion for Sabres hockey and, you know, telling us that changes are coming to the locker room and this and this, and, and all of it was true. I mean, we, we got treated really well, but I thought we got treated well with Tom too, but I think everything went up a notch a little bit. And In my opinion, it almost went too much. Like the locker room changes, it was, and, and the lounge especially, I think with the fireplace and this, everything got too nice. Our old lounge, we used to just, sit in there in our sweaty gitch, and it was great and then when he got too nice everyone's like i don't know if i can sit here with after practice in my gitch here so that's that's kind of what i remember from it but
2: i remember i was injured that year uh and uh i fell on the boards and then my i had that surgery on my knee so i was out for that season uh and he came in and he, he i thought he would he was great i thought like van said he he made everyone feel comfortable. He made everyone know that there was going to be some changes and that it was going to be for the better. And uh, we believed him, and and he did that. I thought everything everything was top-notch, uh, first class after that. Like Van said, it was a little bit over the top, some of the things. And uh, <laughs> I think I think the first year, we might have overpaid a little bit in free agency for some players. I think he went a little bit uh, overboard with that, and uh, we kind of
0: uh, – Was that Leno and Erhoff?
2: Yeah, I think, yeah. The, I believe I we, so. Yeah, I think we try to make a little bit of a, too much of a splash right away instead of trying to bring in some quality pieces to to kind of help the team out. But um, I know he wanted to make a, a, an impact and a difference right away. And I think uh, those were the probably the two best players available that wanted to come to Buffalo at the time. So maybe he wanted to do that.
0: Well, here's the quote. Uh, and I think it was the quote that made everybody fall in love with him but in, from the standpoint of being a hockey fan. It was... Starting today, the Buffalo Sabres' reason for existence is to win the Stanley Cup. And I think we've learned in the last bunch of years that I think it's harder than than we thought to, to win, right? You can't just, you can't buy a championship. I think we know what's happened since. It's not the only conversation that is relative to February 22nd. You guys want to keep going on this.
1: Yeah. Keep going, Petey. You're full of uh, surprises today.
0: Pat Coletta Day in the town of Evans.
1: Oh yeah, baby. Oh wow. Woo. What time's the parade? <laughs> Is it a morning so, parade, afternoon, or a, a late night?
0: So I messaged him. I'm like, are you in town? I want to get you on the show tomorrow, but he's he wasn't available today. But backaletta day. So it's it's the anniversary, 17 years since we had that brawl, guys. Wow. And I don't want to talk about the brawl from the standpoint of what happened on the ice. I would like to get your both of your perspectives. On what was going on on the bench during all of that chaos, like from the standpoint of your roles on the team, like like what was your take on it, and what did you think was coming after?
2: I I literally thought I was watching a movie, you know. When you're on, you know, when you're watching something, you're like, I can't believe this is happening, kind of thing. And I'm sitting on the bench, like. Fucking Petey's fighting a goalie, <laughs> like shit's going. Like everyone's just cross checking, and and you don't know where to look, right? You're looking at one spot, and then all of a sudden you're looking over here, like oh shit, look at look at over. Petey's fighting Emery. Holy, Coletta just slashed, you know, spat on the throat, like it just. And then only oh, Lindy's trying to fight the other coach, like it was just. You're sitting on the bench looking around, like like it was like a you're in an IMAX movie theater, 3D all around, and looking everywhere to see what, what what was gonna happen next. It was just it was it was nuts.
1: I think the two things that stand out to me was uh Lindy losing his marbles not on Roisey and I but on the other coach. So that was good to see. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh the other thing is I think staff what a what a tough son of a bitch he is. And I think that's that it showed it that game. And I think we all knew that Drew, I mean he's got this upper body is just massive you know he looks and he's strong and this and he always hit and plays physical but that's the first time he kind of stepped out of that comfort zone and god man he's mean and it was great to see
0: you know staff I I think we would all agree is a is a has a different personality than a lot of guys right and I didn't really know how to take him for for the first part of our time together but after he did that I mean, it was, that changed, that changed everything.
1: I remember next, he fought Umberger in Columbus and pumped Umberger. him. I remember yeah. like, every time he fought, he's just so strong. And his, yeah. his when his wires crossed, they crossed. And he, <laughs> I, I wish he would have done it more because I didn't have that in my game, obviously. But uh, God, about about those could have been. The
0: ARB wires, I eh? the, Arb, the ARB machine? <laughs> the, Arb <laughs> the ARB machine, Arb, but yeah. no.
1: <laughs>
0: the ARB. Well, and Arb. then
1: obviously, you know. Like Roy's ever mentioned it is is you know all of a sudden you got Emery and you going at it that's not something you see every day. <laughs> so and, and,
2: and the and the crowd was going bananas yeah. like absolute banana sandwiches yeah. they're going off in the crowd everyone's going crazy and everyone's they were probably thinking the same yeah. as me like I'm I'm watching a movie right now this, yeah. what's going on right now there's fights going on everywhere coaches jumping off fighting guys like you
0: know what's amazing though guys. This is what's amazing about this is that there's so much has been made of this over the years and I don't talk about it much over the years because I got you guys on I wanted to kind of I wanted to kind of get your perspectives from it but um that wasn't even really that bad of a brawl. I mean it, there was I mean in reality there was what? one fight maybe two in the yeah, whole I've thing. Been,
2: I mean I've been in worse junior balls than so of you
0: for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean so it was just, it was just, I think it's just, kind of, I think
1: it's just the whole scene, right? Yeah. And, and how the fans were, especially at that time, so into Sabres hockey, how fired up they got. And then Lindy elevated it with him losing his mind.
0: Yeah. But, but a fan pointed it out to me though. A fan said to me, he said, you know what? It wasn't even, he said, that wasn't even the worst brawl I've seen. Like in the eighties and nineties, that happened. That was every game, right? Mm-hmm. That was right. minimal. He said, what, what it was about for, for me and my friend was, the solidarity Drury gets hit Stafford steps in Mersey makes the line change and we go on and we respond. Right. It spoke to the closeness of our team. Yeah. Brings the team that,
2: together for sure. Yeah.
0: You know, and I think that's what, what about that rivalry though? Have you guys had a rivalry like that ever in your life? The uh, Sabre senators rivalry in that time?
1: Well, at that time, remember we played every team. What was it? Eight times. We would play yeah, Boston 16, eight times, times right? Yeah, in Montreal. 16, yeah. Yeah. Ottawa, Toronto.
2: Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I think Syracuse might be a close second or maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you might
2: I remember, wrong. remember we played them one time. It was, we played them like four or five exhibition games. And then we played them. A... I think
1: it was like 17 games that year. Well, we played them games. We played them seven games.
2: We beat them in like double overtime in game seven of the playoffs. And we played them, I think, 12 times. Circus. I think it was over 20. I think it was it over 20. Been, times. Yeah.
1: It could have been 21, 22 times. And by the <laughs> end,
2: by the end, if I had a knife in my in my pants, I'd probably shank one of some of those guys. Like you hated them so bad. And driving up and down that highway, oh my God, I hate it. It's, it's terrible. Rank. They had a tough team. It was oh, it was the
0: worst. Oh, and- honey loved those games too. I right? honey used to get up.
1: Honey the- <laughs> oh, and Hoots—that's what they live for. Still do, probably. But remember- going back to the the Ottawa and and Buffalo, I think we both teams were so strong, right, during those years. Especially when we came into the league, you know, we they they had the toughness, like we had the toughness, we had the scoring. I mean, those were two really good teams i mean you look at it now it's, it's almost like the florida and, and Bruins. you know they're the top two teams in the east and then they're creating something yeah, yeah it was. Mean, they had
2: a lot of firepower too man they had bez alfredson heatley that line was the best line in the league
1: mm-hmm.
0: speaking of uh speaking of getting points matthews put up two last night he gets 50 and 51
1: it's incredible i mean we we, we touched on it a few weeks ago right that's I mean, everyone's talking about Obi and, and, and rightfully so because he's so close. But if Matthew stays healthy, he's he's the best goal scorer I've ever seen, in my opinion. He's I mean, Obi shot, we we all know where he scores from and the power he has, but Matthews, the way he can snap the puck from different angles, from 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 goal line, from top of the circle, the one-timer, tipping, rebounding. I mean, this he's a wizard with the stick. It's it's just incredible. Obviously. I do think there's a lot more scoring chances. So there is a lot more opportunities for guys like him to score. But, I mean, I would love to see him get 80. It would be unbelievable. How
0: many can he get?
1: 80. (laughs) I mean, Royce knows this. When you're hot, you you, got to shoot. I mean, he should go into every game thinking like, I'm going to shoot the puck 7 to 12 times or on net. and, And he'll probably get one or two. I mean when you're hot, you you are pucks pucks find a way in.
2: Yeah. The other thing about him versus OV, if we're gonna talk like that, is right now Matthews has got like Marner just assisted on both Matthews' goals, right? Like Marner sets him up, he's looking for him all the time. Um he's he's got a good team around him that that literally how many how many assists does Matthews have? Like he's a shooter, right? He's probably it's like got, eighteen. Yeah. So he you know, like he's getting pucks fed to him and he's shooting the puck. Obviously, uh he could be go go down as one of the best goal scores of all time if he keeps this uh, pace up because he yeah, scores it's, from it's, everywhere, right? Like, but
1: well, Royce, Ro- that's that's a similar combo that Obi had with Backstrom too, though, right? It's yeah. just that I think Matthews can score in the rush, like he can score, yeah, so many different ways because of how he can get a shot off. I've never seen anything, you know, he can shoot a, the puck out wide in his feet. It's just he goes, he, goes to the net.
2: he scores goals at the net. Yeah. You know, he tips goal like he scores from everywhere, right? Like Ovi scores what, a lot of his goals from that one timer spy. I would love to know how many goals he he's scored from that. But, uh, you know, Toronto people here in Toronto are really uh, pumped up about this, this massive
1: situation and see how many goals he can get.
2: I wish Rips would be
1: here right now because I would ask him again. Remember, this was last year. I think it came up uh, Would you trade Tage for Austin Matthews? And he said, No way. I would like to see what his answer would be now.
0: See that that's you keep receipts, eh?
1: No, no, it just popped in my (laughs) head. Certain things pop in my head because I remember, and I I I like Tage's game, but Tage can shoot at this and this and whatever. But Matthews, like I said, I I think being a goal scorer or former goal scorer, whatever you want to say it, you appreciate the way Matthews can shoot the puck from every angle and the creativity he has from the goal line, you know, and he just sees things differently that not a lot of guys do and he can and, execute it
2: and goal scores
1: score goals like that's they'll
2: like if you went on the ice right now you'd still know how to score goals you never lose that scoring touch you always know where to be and you and like when i played with you i always played like all right i know where van's gonna be he's gonna be right here Boom. you know it's like one of those things where you get a guy that's on the same page as you like marner and uh you, you just know where the guy is at all times like how many years have they played together like uh, seven. Six.
1: Yeah, probably seven, going on eight. Yeah, those two guys know exactly where they are. I mean, the blind passes, the, the area passes. It's, uh, yeah, the, the yeah Roy's a hit it on the head. Those two, um, they need each other, and obviously uh, Matthews is just what a scorer he is.
0: So the pressure probably doesn't mount for a guy like Matthews because he's been here before, right? But what about a guy like Sam Reinhardt? Who's just knocking on the door of forty for the first time? Passed off an empty netter against Buffalo for his fortieth. Has now gone three games goalless, and I'm not trying to sit here and say he's not going to get it. But you know, is there something about that fortieth van where you're just kind of like, shit? I just want to get that, uh, get that forty, so I can get rolling to fifty.
1: Yeah, no, but but Sam is uh he reminds me more of myself actually. I think where he's more of a net front, you know, b- below the circle kind of player super creative. I think, you know, I, I don't think he gets a lot of credit besides his own teammates. When you listen to them, how, um, how good of a passer he is, but for him to score, he's got to be
0: passers in the league.
1: And like I said, below the circles, you know, I oh. think off the rush, he makes good plays, but he, he makes his living below the circles. And that's how the Florida Panthers play. And that's why he's scoring so many goals. They got pucks on that. They grind in the corners and he's in those tight areas. He's just unbelievable. So he'll get 40, um, uh, in the next game or two, and then uh, he'll have another hat trick in there, and he'll push for 50 this year.
0: Is there pressure, though, when you get to that point? I mean, or is it just? Uh...
1: Not on a good team. I think when you play on good teams like those guys do, you know you're going to get your chances. I think when you play in a shittier team, I think then it, it gets a bit harder, I guess. Yeah, I if, you know, if
2: you know you're going to get your chances, uh, it's just a matter of time at that point. I think if you're not getting your shots and not getting any chances, that's when you might be getting nervous. But if he's putting four or five shots up a game, it's just, it's eventually going to happen.
0: You guys both played with the auger. He had his number retired in Pittsburgh the other day, reference that his girlfriend's too young to remember him even playing <laughs> there, which I absolutely thought was incredibly legendary. What about what he was like? In terms of his character, was he a talkative guy? Doesn't seem like much of a talker, but seems like he has a great personality.
2: Yeah, I, I thought on game days he was not a talker. He was very focused on his his game and his craft and his sticks. And he would take his sticks home and bring them home for a pregame nap. And like not one or two, like six, <laughs> like take them all home. And you're like, what are you doing? Like he, he just he was in his own world uh, on game day. I feel like, like he was. Um, He did some some rituals and install before he went out and did a couple of rituals in the hallway with, uh, you know, some ankle weights and getting body checked by guys and stuff like or the trainer would have to body check him a few times and stabilize, like stabilize himself. Um, He had a bunch of weird things, but like practice days and everything like he was a he was a great guy, like talk to the boys and everything. But I think game day he was dialed in.
1: Yeah, so from my experience, it was awesome with him. I mean, it was a great ceremony. I love that he went out for warm-ups. I've never seen yeah. that before, and I thought it was fantastic. Did uh, you have to I,
2: sign a, do you have to sign a contract for that, or
1: can you just I go on warm It's yox. <laughs> he, he should have played. played that game. You should have. With, with how, their, how their power play struggles, just just play PP. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, and with that said, great ceremony. I wish the NHL would waive their rule that he's still playing. You know, I mean, he's not really playing. He's, he's the owner of that team, and he dresses when he wants to dress. And because of that reason, they deem him ineligible to get to the Hall of Fame. Whatever, moving on. So I get traded from Vancouver to Florida, and Yags is in Florida. And, and Yags is my idol, you know, as a European kid growing up. So the first thing I thought of him, I'm like, holy shit. I mean, I've met him before, but now he's going to be my teammate. So it was uh, it was awesome to meet him. I got along fantastic with him. main reason is because I speak Czech,
0: yeah, I was gonna say you speak so uh. Language, right?
1: We had a connection right there, so you know we we didn't hang out outside of the rink, but at the rink I was he was talking my year off, and I was like a sponge, even I was older at that age already, but
0: was he approachable for even younger guys? I mean, my experience with like...
1: him, he was. I mean, he was super talkative with, you know, the Hubertos and the Barkovs, and he would always speak to them and, and tell them what he sees and stuff. And and to me, like I said, we talked about not just hockey and anything because I had the luxury of of speaking his native language, so that made him more comfortable, I think. But like <laughs> Royce touched on it, His some of the shit he does is just – Really? Like, like, I think he's got candles in his locker and then he's got yeah. the crosses and the pictures and he has to do this. And, and then he, he's shooting med balls into the wall. <laughs> yeah. You know, he grabs a 20 pound med ball, does like five backhands, five forehands. And he's back on his phone. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, lifting plates over his head and walking around in a tracksuit with his skates on and he's got ankle weights on I'm Like, Yaks, what are you doing? But the one funny thing is, I don't think he respected uh, that coach in Florida very much. So in practice days, if he didn't like a drill, he'll just grab a puck and be in the corner and do figure eights.
2: <laughs> you saw yeah, I, No, I hundred percent. I'm I'm shaking my head because I know he's my line mate, and I'm like, God, yeah, we got it's a, it's one of those continuous three on two yeah. drills, and he's like, Nope, I'm not going, and I'm like, <laughs> well, So I'd be like. So I'd have to get the, the extra player. I'd be like, hey, you're, you're on our <laughs> line. You're on our line. And he'd be like, what? And I'm like, Yoggs, it's not going to go. So he'd be just in the neutral zone. Like, you yeah. know how all the pucks are in neutral zone? The coach, like, fires him in the corners and stuff for breakouts. He would just be, like, doing a stick handling drill in the neutral zone. And he just wouldn't participate in the drill if he didn't like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's that was my experience with Yogg's. It was amazing. I, I just love to, you know, anytime you get to not only meet your idol, but actually play with him. Something I'll uh, remember forever. But yeah, he's a character.
0: He is one of the most legendary names in hockey, but not nearly to the level of legendary status in hockey as Salino Law has here in Buffalo and all over New York for that matter. They're the biggest and the best for a reason. If you've been in a car crash, all the eights, 888 call Salino Law.
1: We took it all.
0: Maybe go watch a game at a bar. Maybe even have a nice fancy dinner. Who knows? I might even get crazy and play some bets while I'm at it. And there's only one place to do all that. Only at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. You can hit up Stick Sports Bar and Grill, grab an unbelievable steak at the Western Door, gamble at the casino, or even play some bets at the Sportsbook. All in one location at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close.
1: Anything else on February 22nd you're digging up? or I'm trying, actually. <laughs> I'm trying.
0: <laughs> I swear to God, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. To... Did you guys see the Sabres-Habs game? Did you catch any of that?
2: Yeah, watched a little bit of it, yeah. It's actually nope. a
0: pretty entertaining game, to be honest with you. I don't know if you I guys mean, uh, how third, much you third, saw of third, it,
2: but the Third period, of the ice seemed a little slanted towards the Sabres, then, and they were just flipping pucks out and, and surviving, and it worked out, so can't say anything wrong about that, but um they they it looked like they played to win the game and not play selfishly like if you're up by a goal and you got to shut her down in the third period flip pucks out and block shots and play some good defense uh your goalie's playing hot and he's, he's he's he played really well last night i guess you just go with it but uh you know that's uh it seems like a little bit more of a push back in the third period a little bit more yeah. of uh but uh, at the end of the day they got the win so in
0: my eyes i could you can almost tell which players are on the trading block the <laughs> guys are going super hard i got to ask you guys something though cage thompson you know people are wondering about him struggling and you guys were were both players that were relied on to get points what's a guy do to get out of this he's he had a couple chances last night Can a hand injury really hamper a player that much
1: no player ever is going to you know at the end of the year at any point say you know, I was injured and didn't do whatever. I think it's it's not it's not how NHL players talk. They don't make excuses. I'm sure he's putting, you know, it's hard. When, when a puck isn't going in, your game isn't where it should be. I don't know. I haven't watched much Sabres hockey, so I can't say if they're shuffling lines. You know, I mean, the one constant, you know, as a player, what I liked and now coaching, I always liked to be in pairs. Like I knew when, as long as Royce and I were together, at least we had each other and we found each other and it didn't really matter to us. I mean, obviously when Palmer stepped in with us, I think now we were all three guys on the same page, but even when staff played with us or whoever it was, I think it was nice to have that pair. So I don't know if he has that, like we mentioned earlier, the Marner and Matthews, right? If he has that guy with him that he uh, blindly trusts, but uh, as a scorer and a playmaker, you know, you just got to put up somehow points and then just roll with it. Get out of that slump. Have a, have a night where, you know, you walk away with, you know, two goals and an assist and start feeling better about yourself. That's that's how I see it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I remember watching uh, Danny Breer get out of a slump, and it wasn't even a slump. It was like a two-gamer or something where maybe he didn't score or something the year that he had 100 points. And I was watching him. He was working after practice, working on a shot, working, you know, probably worked like 30 minutes putting pucks in areas where he needs to try to score. And I was watching that. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself like, wow, this this is how you get out of a slump. You you just work hard and work in areas where, you know, maybe it goes off your skate in front of the net or maybe, and that's all it takes, which is kind of sounds stupid, but sometimes, you know, Van, how, how sometimes if it hits your, hits you in the leg or something goes in, all of a sudden you feel good about yourself and you go out that game and the next game you start scoring and, things just start falling your way. And usually it comes down to hard work. Uh, you can easily just say, oh, I'm, you know, it's not working well for me today. Uh, you know, this guy didn't pass it well. He started making excuses. and uh, The coach didn't put me in the right spot for it to score. But at the end of the day, like, it's going to come down to how hard you're going to work and how hard you're going to want to put that puck in the back of the net. And he's a goal scorer, and he should be shooting pretty much every single time he has. Like you said, exactly. maybe he's got a hand injury. I don't know. Uh, even Drew, you watch guys, and then you you look up to those guys like Drew. You know when when he was pissed off, you know how hard he went in practice. Like it, you look up to guys like that, that uh, you know they don't take no for an answer. You know you're, you're not letting you're not shut me down tonight. I'm gonna fucking work my balls off and pucks going in the back of the net. That's how you gotta think about
1: it. Yeah, yeah. Rizzi's right. I think um, I think that's something you know we learned both of us. I think from from those guys, and I think we we translated into the same thing. I think. You know, I was always the net front guy. Roise was the half ball guy or off the rush, power play, whatever. I mean, there was no, I mean, social media was around, but not like it's, it's now you see the videos of Pavelski always tipping. I mean, roisy and I did this all the time. You know, we're like, I'm like, Roise, fire some of my skates. I'll see if I can have my stick in the air and, and bank it off my skate. So it's something we constantly did, but we learned it from, you know, the Breers and the Drury's, the Mike Greers that... Not only when you're slumping, but you got to work on your craft. And I think um, that's why we had that connection, because we did always, you know, stayed after the ice or go on before and help Jimmy Corsi with goaltending. And and we did shit like that all the time.
2: And creating, like inventing shit. Remember, yeah. like you're like, oh, fire me these pucks in the, the high slot. I'll, I'll tip them this way. And then are yeah. doing it and Lenny's like, you better not do that in a game. And then you, <laughs> then you score the next game doing yeah. it. And he was so pissed at us because we were like, Yeah, I mean, ah, let's just try this out. Like, what? Like, he's gonna tip it on his forehead, what was, which is what not was, what was the play? It was me from the uh, I mean, half I think wall Royce would, yeah, he stands in the slot with his usually it would be a left handed shot because I'm firing. Yeah, from it would the be right just side. it would work
1: with Royce, with lefty and righty. And I'm like, Just shoot a slapper as hard as you can on the ice. And I think I can just kind of put a, enough spin on it to get it under the crossbar, under the you know, the seven hole. And yeah. Then we started working that same tip, you know, on the goal line, you know, just, I'm like, let's, let's keep working Let's be creative. So, uh, and you see a lot of those tips nowadays, you know, I think he, it's, it's, everyone always says it's the Sedins that started it, which, you know, they, they were really good at it and they had a ton of face-off plays and these little gimmicky tips and stuff. But, um, uh, I think the NHL should give Royce and I more credit for sure. <laughs> You're, you
0: guys just need your own little box in the hall of fame.
2: Well, I mean, I mean, you know what though? A lot of people invented moves previously to other, but everybody like the Kucherov move. Like I was doing that on Mills. The only reason I couldn't do it on Millsy is because Millsy would always poke check you. I would do it on Tom Askey, go around the pocket and let it go. Five hole things, things like that. Those are those like, those are created way before uh, uh, other people created them. We, we would practice in uh, Rochester, and oh. this this was the year that um, it was a lockout, and we had to use those CCM sticks. Remember? Mm, yeah. So we're using these CCM the sticks. The Reeboks.
1: They, remember the oh, Reeboks one yeah. k? They're steel pipes. And well, then if, I mean.
2: if you didn't if you didn't break them, you're not getting a new one, right? So at the <laughs> end of practice, we're like, all right, slash me so hard that my sticks gonna break in half. So like we would go, we play these little games in the corner, like try to keep away from the puck, and then somebody would just come up with a tomahawk and just break your stick in half you go to the
1: trainer and be like oh hey somebody somebody broke my stick and, and then they would give you a new one but half the times we would do that stupid shit and they still wouldn't break so then we were <laughs> biting nets flipping pucks like we we're yeah. batting them like baseball and just i mean just slashing the pipes and literally they still wouldn't break the paint would chip off the posts i'm like this is not a hockey stick like i'm coming from college hockey where had a nice silver or yellow eastern synergy and now I'm playing pro hockey, and I'm getting uh, Reebok 1K. It's terrible. Oh,
0: maybe that's why it took you 16 games to score your first fucking goal in the American League,
1: oh. <laughs> and then finished with 45. It did take. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not lying. It, it took all of us. Like it's. I mean, especially I. I can't shoot a wrist shot to begin with. I had my half clapper sandwich, whatever you want to call it. And they were so shitty those sticks. I couldn't lift a puck. It took me a while to. Do, get used to it and figure it out
0: my brother remember how if you broke your stick you had to go to willie and ask for a new stick oh yeah so so my brother went went to willie and he had one stick he goes willie i need a new stick my stick's broken <laughs> and willie grabs the stick out of my brother's hands and starts smashing and he goes well now it's definitely broken Petey. He goes well actually that was my good stick.
2: <laughs>
0: he, goes, uh, he goes, now I need two. <laughs>
2: uh, uh, those, those days are awesome because after practice, everybody would stay. Everybody would stay on the ice and play Juice Boy or play uh, Rebound or any of these uh, games just to, because everyone was the same age, right? So everyone was kind of – if that guy's staying on the ice, then I have to stay on the ice. You know what I mean? If a guy two years older than you stay on the ice, then you're like, oh, I got to stay. So everyone stayed on the ice. And it was just a, it was hilarious. There's stuff that happened like throughout, but that's how you learn some of your skill too. That's how you develop some, uh, some of your creative moves and, and um, breakaways and things like that. And you start inventing stuff.
1: Royce's right. That year was probably one of the funnest years of hockey I ever had. And I think a big reason is because of the group we had, but also because Connie and Hoots were, I mean, just – There was no – there was not not a lot of – We didn't have a video coach, I don't think. It was just those two guys teaching you the game. And, and Connie, he was the biggest kid out of all of us. I mean, we were on the <laughs> ice playing Juice Boy, and then he would be like, all right, you guys, go in front of that. And he would slap slappers, and he's like, see how many you can tip in a row. And, he I mean, he would – he was just – he, he was great. The, he was uh, great for us. I love the end,
0: the end to end shooting game. Remember, got to knock it out of the air with your stick. Oh,
2: it, yeah. Sometimes Cunny was the last guy off the ice. Oh yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> fucking... Most of the time, on the ice all the time. We had uh, this one time we were in um, Newfoundland, like St. John's or whatever. <laughs> and uh, usually, like you race the bar after the game because you're like we we played our back to back games and we're flying out the next morning. And we don't play for like three four days. So we're like, all right, teams, we're going to the bar. So I think we went to this bar, maybe it called Green Sleeves or something like that, or whatever. On that one strip at the end. So we're, at, we're so we're like, we set up at the bar. We're like, all right, we're set. So in the uh, we turn around and uh, or what were we walking? We're walking into the bar, and Connie and Ooze already beat us to the bar, and that's we're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, how these guys beat us! Like they just like. <laughs> <laughs> flew right to the bar so then we're like all right we're, we're out of here so we had to like we're gonna beeline and then the, they saw us and like hey guys get over here we're taking shots and we're just <laughs> like oh let-. so then they were just like they're one of the guys they're one of the, the, the boys and they were always uh with us uh practicing or you know it, and then you could, you felt like you can go to them if you ever needed something or some advice or whatever and uh know, yeah, i thought it was a great environment there it was fun times
1: but oh, Roisy is right. I think that's that's a big thing what changed nowadays in the in the mentality of of coaching. Right? Is I mean, when I signed and I went to Rochester, I mean those two guys were pro hockey coaches. They were demanding, hard, but fun. They were they weren't development coaches. They they were there to teach you the pro game, how to play, and how to succeed at the next level. In today's game, you see a lot of. It's always uh, we got to still develop. They're still young. Like cunning never, never yelled at us and said, "Oh, you're young. It's okay. You can turn it over." It didn't matter. He treated us like he treated Chris Taylor and this, and it, it, make the right play, make the plays. It was never development was not ever mentioned. It was just how to be a pro, how to become a pro. So it was um, it was great look- having those two guys. was was unbelievable.
2: And look at that guy. Look at Chris Taylor. Look what he's doing. That's how you become pro. That's what you do.
0: I love the minor league stories. We don't talk enough about the minors. You know, it's like, it's, it's almost like uh, every guy I talked to that went through the minors, they only talk about the minors. Like the minors was the most fun. Like I saw Doug Janik last week at the Beanpot. And man, like I think about that guy and I think about uh, Oxford's on uh, Monroe Avenue and the jukebox and the Grateful Dead and, you know, like $2 yeah. draft night.
2: <laughs> you the, know Nathaniel's. Uh,
0: Barfly. Alexander <laughs> Street Club.
2: Do you, yeah. <laughs> do you remember this, man, Do you remember this, band We were in Winnipeg, and we went in overtime. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our Sally after. Oh, man. So, <laughs> so I
2: think we played them, what, back-to-back games, and uh, usually you go there and you play back-to-back games. And you stay the night, right? So the second night, same, pretty much similar story. The first, first one is at the end. We went over. I don't remember who scored. Did you score in overtime? I don't remember. So so somebody scored in overtime, and we all get in the huddle. You know, everyone gets to the guy, and everyone's celebrating whatever. And then somebody starts tanning. Earls, 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 Earls. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, a, it's a bar in, in Winnipeg. Yeah. And everybody, the whole team's jumping up, Earls, Earls, Earls. And they're like, <laughs> everyone's walking out of the stadium. All you can yeah. hear is us just chanting on the ice. It was so and Connie and Hoots were
1: doing the same on the bench probably. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> high-fiving <laughs> each <laughs> other. They're probably already there.
2: <laughs> they <Didn't laughs> probably
1: beat you- us. <laughs> Yeah, this is fun today. There's no arguing. There's no nothing. Ribs probably would have had a better story than our story. This is nice. This is good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, the only thing I'll say, the only thing I remember about uh, cheering after wins when we were in Buffalo together was when uh, we would walk off the ice down the tunnel and we'd be going Saturday, 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 Saturday. That was when Nickelback yeah. came out with Saturday night.
1: Yeah, The only problem is the three of us always had to skate on Sunday while everyone was at home.
0: I think about that <laughs> night after Long Island. That's the so. practice after <laughs> Long Island all the time. I've never been more hungover in my life. And that was, the. remember, it was supposed to just be a fun practice.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but there and was and only, like, kid- what, seven of us.
0: Lindy's kid comes on the ice and then we get murdered. And then we're doing pull <laughs> in the ring. And Arnie, Arnie says, Turn the clocks back. Boys got an extra hour at the bar. Hey, eh, boys.
1: Fucking Brian Campbell.
0: Brian Campbell goes, Not me, Arnie. I went right home. Oh, and yeah. She's yeah, the yeah. daisy out there. Soupy's just killing us. And anyway.
2: Remember anyway. Soupy skating backwards during a bag skate one time? And Jeep tried to slash him in the back of the
0: legs. <laughs> that was after the Olympic break.
1: Yeah, it was after Olympic break. Yep. He's slapping us backwards. (laughs) He was such a good skater,
2: man, and he could just skate forever. Jeep Jeep used to get pissed if you try to pass him in a skate. Like he would try to trip you or slash you.
0: Jeep was the best. He was the most ADD coach ever. All he had to do, if you were getting bagged by him at the end of practice, is just go up to him and say, Hey, honestly, Tommy, how good was Brian Leach? And he would just go on. lychee Oh my God, Petey, lychee Oh, lychee. And then it was like all of a sudden you look up, it's like 10 minutes had gone by, and he's like, okay, one more and we'll get out of here.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> Petey had all the cheat codes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The best Petey cheat taught code? Me the, the air cheat code. <laughs> Is that the one you were going to say? What yeah. was that? What was that the, one? More, the most. Had, you know, the fat club, we had to do the 500 calories, and Petey one time goes, Spin backwards, they go quick. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'm doing the air dye every time Dougie's not looking, I'm going backwards, and those <laughs> calories just tick away.
0: You know why that's unbelievable because it just it counts off the repetition, but the cups are angled the other way, <laughs> so there's no resistance. <laughs> oh, got it! Yeah, Gee, yeah, that, that was a that 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 that.
1: great, great cheat code for the fat club from PD. <laughs>
0: hey the fat club just stayed bad <laughs> i just stayed nice and comfy Jesus, you guys burned a thousand calories on the bike you fucking don't lose any weight <laughs> oh, fuck. It t- um, it's
2: hard man the 500 cal bike ride every oh. day that's a lot man
0: before oh, practice so- before anything I was well, so good at it, though. I was—I got so good at it. I beat Jeep one day. He was so pissed. But it was like <laughs> the thing is, I had to do it so often. It was just such a tap in ride for Doug. He's like five hundred calories, and he's like, you jump on.
1: Fuck. Yeah, PG, you were—you were. It was easy for you. You were like. A-
0: I still remember the numbers, boys. If you kept it at six point eight, for like <laughs> eighteen minutes, you were at. It was like four hundred and eighty calories. And then you would be able to finish it in under 20 minutes.
1: I would always try to put a towel over it because I couldn't, I didn't want to look at the time or anything. Just go.
2: You're just looking at the calorie one by one going up.
1: Yeah. It's the worst. It's awful.
0: Oh, and then, and then you try to just like pump it with your arms only. Uh, You try to do like just 30 seconds with just the arms, just then just the legs. That's why I quit gentlemen. I didn't retire. I quit. This was Awesome. This is
2: great, man. This would have been a good line right here. Van
0: was the left winger,
2: though. I've seen your summer hockey, Petey. You can play on the right hand side. Oh, yeah.
1: Petey's yeah. got good hands for a big man.
0: I like the offside, Van. I don't know about you. I mean, I was at the left, the left hand shot, left wing. I don't understand that. If I'm coaching and I have a left hand shot, I'd throw him on the right wing. I like got. Yeah, like you,
1: the... you got <clears> to <throat> have a certain skill set to play the offside, but if you're able to do it i think it just opens up so many options entering the zone in the neutral zone so i mean it's a, it's a very zone. european thing so i think it's starting more and more now i i
2: agree with that see if you're if you're going to take a rim and if you come back towards because everyone's pinching nowadays down the mm-hmm. wall right and if you're if you're on your offside a lefty on the right-hand side. You could come back towards the puck and now have it on your forehand. You turn up and now
0: you have it and, on your forehand, In and then effect, you can make right a pinches, play. You have your shoulder mm-hmm. to, to counter hit. Where if you if you're a left-hand shot on the on the left wing boards, you go and let's say you you either open up. Now you got to get it on your forehand, get going. Or if it's a rim, you got to turn and then get it on your backhand. Now you're looking straight up, and that guy can barrel right through you. Yeah. And and if I'm pulling the puck to the middle. On the left wing side, I have to chip it backhand off the boards. Where if I'm on the right hand side, I pull mm-hmm. it to the middle of the ice, and then I use my forehand to chip it out or high off the glass Look, out.
2: The Euros had to figure it out earlier than us.
0: No shit, Russians, everything, man. Like, yeah. uh, wh- why do you think we're playing the way we're playing over here now? It well, took- plus, when,
2: plus, when you co- when you're coming in, like Van said, you're way more options coming in uh, off your offhand. I would rather that because then you can pull to your forehand and shoot it, pull to your forehand and then go on your backhand and protect it and try to drive the net that way. Or, you know, there's way more options or, or try to go through but the even guy. For a,
0: even for a, a robotic winger like myself, if I'm skating down the right wing boards and there's a defenseman there, and if I want to turn the puck up, now I can use my backhand to throw it down to the corner or turn and, mm-hmm. and look up, look back up the ice it'll, on it'll my it. forehand. Yeah. Whereas if I'm turning up the left wing boards now, I'm turning. If I'm going to hit a trail guy, now I got to do it on my my backhand. Now yeah. I just said robotic fourth line player, so wouldn't you want me turning up and being on my forehand to pass it if that pass is even there? Or even
2: the chip, you're chipping on your forehand, right? You can just chip hit the forehand and skate, as opposed to the other way, you'd have to pull your backhand or somehow or chip it off the boards with your and program. a cross
0: ice dump if they still exist ever it's a lot easier with a cross ice dump. like it's just i, I, did, I think
1: I it's know. a skill set that's no one no one doing because everyone is toe dragging and you know <laughs> doing yeah. it is true i mean it's, it's not very you know, very many dumps and
0: which i don't, I don't know I don't, I don't know how you guys feel but I, I to me the game has never been more you see that game the other night it was like nine eight or ten ten eight or something
1: ten yeah. seven wild Canucks. 10, seven
0: it's, a, it it's would what have Lindy
1: said back in the day if we would have lost 10-7. Or even even if you win 10 7, you still gave up seven goals. <laughs> like You're right. Either way, either play. way
2: would have been <laughs> like, like Like seven goals, giving up seven goals is terrible. Like okay, but look 10. at okay,
0: but look at last night. Wouldn't the league be in better shape if the if the top teams like Boston and the Oilers were scoring six five? You know? Like mm-hmm. Like it's like look at football, look at basketball. You know the other team's going to score, right? So they they play to almost like minimize the scoring and then try obviously maximize the scoring for, but in hockey it's like we want to keep them almost like at absolute zero if we can. I don't I don't know I don't understand that. I,
1: I don't I don't know Peter, That 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 mentality I think is gone. I think it always gets a little tighter in the playoffs because I think Players make less plays in the playoffs. They're just because they don't want to make a mistake, so the puck gets dumped in. But regular season, I think the game is just faster. You know, the defensemen are way more skilled. I mean, it is what it is. But you know, not to bury Rips because he can't defend themselves. But uh, he would have been a great five-six guy to just move it straight up. But now you got a lot of five-six who can skate, who can join the rush and make more plays. And it's just a different game, faster game. like it or not. I think it's fun to watch, and uh, for the most part, it's 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 enjoyable. Most nights, you can always find a good game on.
0: Well, you see what you get from the last place teams in the dog days of the season. A right? seven-four Columbus Ducks last night.
2: Yeah, this is where you start putting up points for your uh, for your contract. This is this is, <laughs> spoken like a true guy in the last year of his deal, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is where you get those like cookies that you're happy about at the end of the season. You know the last game, the last game of the season, how everyone's just flying, you know what I mean? Everyone's trying to hit a bonus or something. And yeah, those are uh, those are times where you're you're gonna nobody's playing deep. You play those games, they don't care. Nobody's playing defense.
0: Yeah, last uh, my last game, my rookie year, I've told this story before. Chris Taylor comes up to the line, and he says, guys, it was me, Marzzy, and Tails. He goes, guys, even or better tonight, even or better. We were all even on the season. Tails might have been plus one or plus two. And those, listen, when you're in the fourth line, guys, those plus minuses, they're hard to get back. You go minus, that's hard to get back. So I was even my rookie year. Finished that game minus three.
1: That's one of those well, nights, Petey, just wanted to sit on a bench, right, and have bagels across the stat line.
0: It was in Montreal. It didn't affect my hot dog consumption afterwards. <laughs>
1: oh, those, those
2: hot dogs. Guys wouldn't even take off their gloves. <laughs> just start pouring them with ketchup with their gloves on.
0: I remember that. Like, those fucking hot dogs were sitting in the middle of the room. Could anyone even hear what the coach was saying?
2: <laughs> so just small. Get- or that's after a win what a, what a loss you're kind of like when's the appropriate time right now to walk and up eat and them grab in the a hot dog
1: you just bring the whole box in the shower and eat it in there
2: <laughs> that'll do it for
0: this episode of After the Whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino nothing else comes close